Hey guys, it's Ellen Olson Brown with episode 50 of season three of the Sun in My Face podcast. Two special things about it being episode 50. I record this podcast uh, in seasons, and once I get started with a season, I make every effort to record and publish for 50 days in a row. I did that this season. This is the 50th episode. I usually take a break in between and I am going to take a week off so that I can work on some of the back end issues with the podcast and how it interfaces with my website and so on and so forth. So I will be back in about a week with season four. This season, I started a new project within the project shiny people interviews. And every 10th episode, I interview people who are known by their friends, coworkers, family members for simply being wonderful. The kind of people you're just glad to be around who either ease or electrify the atmosphere in a room when they arrive, who inspire you to be a better version of yourself. They could have talents, they could have major achievements or not. uh, And they might have even rough edges Uh, They might have made some mistakes in their lives. That is absolutely fine. That does not disqualify anybody. Um, They're fundamentally and impressively good at being human beings around other human beings. So today I have an interview for you with Sue Bez. Um, I will say at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit at the end of the episode, just about a couple of things I'd love for you to know Um, but I don't want to kind of jam up the front of the episode with those things. The one thing I will say is that this is my first interview with somebody who I don't, I didn't know before I started the interview. We emailed back and forth a tiny bit, but I really didn't know much about Sue at all. Uh, And one thing I hadn't thought through really was the transition into the episode and out of the episode. You know, I do this, it's kind of low tech, Uh, Not a lot of editing, not a lot of polishing. So I guess that fits. Um, But I just wanted you to know because it it also made me realize there's a little more structure and um, cleaning up that I would like to do next time. Uh, I feel fantastic about the actual conversation and I hope you will enjoy and learn from it and be inspired by it. And uh, but just the intro and outro, like the very beginning and very end Um, might be a tiny bit either disorienting or abrupt or anything like that. And I just wanted you to know why. Okay, so today I'm talking with Sue Bez. Uh, She was nominated by Lisa O'Donnell. And wow, Lisa really hit it out of the park with this nomination. If you'd like to know more about how to nominate somebody to be interviewed, I'm going to talk more about that at the end of the episode. So stick around if you'd like to know a little bit more. And otherwise, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I have in the past. That would be aggravating. <laughs> I know, very aggravating. So, um, so Lisa told me a funny story about how you guys met. Do you know what, like, what she told me? Well, oh, how Lisa and I met. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant me and my husband. Yes, because um, my sons threw eggs at her house. And then when we got, yeah, and I was, and then that's how we met. And Michael called and 
you know, he was all upset. So then I went to the kids immediately and said, what were you doing? What the heck is going on? And then they said, well, they were throwing rocks at us. <laughs> so I said, well, okay, well, then that changes the story a little bit. And the girls, they got the girls down and the girls admitted that they were throwing rocks at them when they were getting off the school bus. So <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. Do you have twins too? Yes. Oh, that's funny. That's identical cute. twins. Oh, like wow. Girls. Yeah. So they're a year younger than, uh-huh. um, than Amity and Jen. Yeah. Are your, so you have boys? Boys. Yes. I have yeah. twin boys also. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're, wow. um, they're not identical, mm-hmm. although they look a lot alike, you know, yeah. the way that brothers sometimes do. Sure, so sure. Um, are yours good friends with each other? Yeah, they really are. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, they live, Justin lives up in Vermont and Adam lives in Massachusetts, but they, you know, they connect a lot. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because, you know, you like, I think you gravitate sometimes toward like when I, especially when the kids were little, I was like, oh, you have twins too. What's yeah. it like? And I think that that relationship between them can be as different as any other relationship. Other like it's not yeah. necessarily close, right. you know, or sometimes it's, but um, yeah, my guys are like their best pals and it's been it's been, we felt really lucky that it's been that way so did you just have the boys or yeah you know? I it's funny I um I, I, I thought I would have more kids <laughs> do you just have the two also? And after the time they got to be three years old it's like I don't think I can that's exactly that. it like I think I thought I would have at least three and yeah. I think when I was younger there was a part of me that was like I want to have five like I love kids and I yeah I thought too. maybe I'll have five yeah and um I think once we started sleeping again and yeah. I was like, well, if we are going to like, let's wait another year. And then, yeah, it just got to a certain point where it's like, I, I can't do that again. And what if it was twins again? Exactly. <laughs> if that could, well, especially with you, um, it could, you know, fraternal twins are, you know, happen easily. We're identical. It's just a freak of nature that the egg right. splits. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, is there anything that you don't want me to, I mean, I don't know you at all, which is like pretty cool and fun. It's actually, yeah. um, so is there anything you'd like any subject areas you'd like me to avoid or things you especially want to talk to the world about? Well, um, does, did Lisa give you a little history of what I'm going through right now? No. no so my husband has Alzheimer's. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. All right. Um, so, I, you know, it's, that's why we moved to Florida and it's been a real challenge for me and I'm, you know, working on getting some aid in the house and, you know, yep. help, but it's been an extremely stressful time. Um, and, you know, I know it affects my health and everything else because I'm just like overtaxed, overstressed. So, yeah. Um, so that's my history there. Um, and I don't mind talking about it. Um, I stopped working. I used to, um, teach art for the Bright Horizons Corporation. I uh-huh. work some of their facilities and teach art classes uh-huh. in the art studio. And before that, I was um, a graphic designer for about 25 years. Then I decided to, I wanted to teach instead and do something different. And I just wanted to make less money. I just thought that would be great. <laughs> if there's any possible way the checks could be smaller, that would <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. Yeah. But um, 
No, I, I think that's all good. And, you know, um, I was wondering also, um, so my husband's got a very complex history. He was born in, um, he was born in 1939, first of all. So um, he's like 16 years older than I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he was born in Israel. And then there's a whole history with World War II because they were considered a German, um, they were a German colony, even though he never set foot in Germany, nor did his father or his grandfather before them. Mm -hmm. But they were enemy combatants because English ruled Israel back then. So they, uh-huh. they, there was, a, you know, he was in an internment camp for a little while. And then they, they finally got to get to Germany. Not that that was a good thing because it was right in the middle of the war. Um, but anyway, the point, and then he, you know, went, and then after Germany, he went to Australia and after Australia he came to the United States. So I did one of these things that you're kind of doing. I recorded his story and I kind of interviewed him. There's about four or five video audio tapes and then I put together a little PowerPoint presentation. I don't know if you'd be interested in having a look at it and listening to it. And, I would know, love to. With that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that would be neat, you know, to tell his story. Yeah. And so, I was able to do it two years ago, I think. So he was more lucid. Yeah. Yeah. Did he appreciate it? Oh, he loved it. He was, you know, well, it was his son who still lives in Australia. Um, when he came to visit, he said, dad, you know, really should write down your story because, you know, my kids would like to know. And they always ask, how come there's an American grandpa and an Australian grandma or this and that, you know, what did that? So um, Eck was going to start to write it, but he couldn't write anymore. So it wasn't. Yeah. So I said, why don't we do, um, I just remember StoryCorps and um, on P- public uh, radio, right? Yeah. Yeah, loved listening to those. I said, why don't we do it something like that? And I'll ask you questions and then you can tell your story that way. So we did it over like four or five sessions. Um, oh, that's great. So yeah, I, I would, I would love, I would love to send it to you and you can, you know, I mean, you might be able to do something with it. Who knows, you know, yeah, I mean, or it might spark some ideas or yeah, yeah. Is, um, was he, is he Jewish? No, so, he, so this is a German colony that left Germany in the mid 1800s. And it was a religious group called the Templars, not to be confused with the Knights Templar. From, is that from the Da Vinci Code? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. the, the, the Templars and there, you know, they were a Protestant, very similar to Unitarian okay. religion where everything goes and, you know, and so they all moved, um, to Israel and it was just, you could grow things. It was just a beautiful place to be. Yeah. And so generations of his family were there before him. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, and then when the war broke out, then they got rid of everybody, but they, and he, his parents lost their home and everything was taken from them. So, you know, even though he had nothing to do with, you know, Hitler or any of that stuff, it was just uh, Right, like, I mean, that's so interesting. <laughs> having you say like Germany and Israel and World War II, that there's like a certain story that bubbles up automatically. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like his story was intense just in, you know, experiencing that same history, but from right. a from very the, different uh, angle. And also as a young child being bombed out a few times, you know, and seeing all that, because he, they lived in Stuttgart, which was a, um, uh, the most heavily bombed city 
in Germany because Stuttgart is where Mercedes Benz is, all that technology mm -hmm. was there. Uh -huh. so they really bombed, you know, the allies, you know, went after Stuttgart. So he was just three years old when he went to Germany. So he lived, you know, in his years, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's got PTSD from that, you know. Oh yeah. I don't, I mean, you know, just thinking about the kids who have lived through like this year and yeah. have experienced a lot, yeah. like I, it, that must be so intense. So where did you move to in Florida? We're in Naples. Okay. Oh, beautiful. On the Gulf. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, we did that because um, we came down not this past winter, but the winter before just for a holiday mm -hmm. and really fell in love with it. And I thought, you know, life is just going to be so much easier. I can't, you know, I need a small place. I don't need a lawn. You know, I don't need all this stuff to take care of. I've got enough to do. Right. And, and there's walking paths in our complex everywhere. So um, there's a lot of nature. It's yeah. really beautiful. So I thought, let's get rid of the house and, um, you know, downsize considerably and make it easier down here. So that's, yeah, we've been just a year now down here. And it, has he been able to orient himself to yes. where you yeah. are? Oh, yeah, good. that worked out well. Oh, good. He's been able to orient himself, yep. Well, you know what, Sue? I How do you pronounce your last name? Bez. Bez. B-E-Z, German. Okay. Yeah, his first name was Eckhard, so there you go. Oh. He's German, right? <laughs> Quite yeah. German. Yes. Um, do you speak German? Uh, Klein Bischen. <laughs> I can say on Rotwein bitte, ein Weißwein bitte, wo ist die Toilette and was kostet das? <laughs> I think I caught what the last two of them mean that you just said. What were the first two? A red wine or white wine. Uh oh. Please. <laughs> so you've covered all, you've covered all. But I do, you know, I can, um, we have friends down here in Naples in the same complex and um, she's from Germany. So and I can pick up you know, and I can say sentences, they will pop in my head because we lived for a few months over there mm -hmm. work when he was working over there. So mm -hmm. um, managed to pick it up, you know, some of it. I'm just curious, does, does he go back to the German more now with the Alzheimer's? No, he, he's with English, but you know, he's, he just had his birthday uh, last week and a um, lot like his friends, friend from Austria called him, his cousin from Germany, um, and, um, uh, think, oh yeah. Then our friends that were in Germany at the time, he will speak German to them on the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he can go right back to it. Mm -hmm. So, which is great. Oh, good. That's fantastic. Yeah. I I've just, I've heard sometimes that people like, as they progress, that they actually will sometimes go back to yes. what their first language yeah. was. More. Yeah. And it, yeah. it could be, yeah. You know, I mean, may not be there yet. I don't know. So, right. You know what, I, if you don't mind, I'd love to just include this as like the way that I do this, I don't do very much editing. I kind of like my podcast and everything to just be yeah. kind a little bit off the cuff. Okay. And, and I actually hadn't really thought through uh, this because you're my first person who I'm interviewing, who I, who I didn't know before I started yeah. interviewing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'd love, like, I hadn't really thought about, okay, how do we do the like hard start, but mm -hmm. let's just go ahead and get started from here. If you, sure. if you don't mind. And of course I'll send you the recording so you can, sure. you know, if there's anything you don't want to include. Okay. Um, okay so uh, 
I think what I'll, what I will do, I don't have to tell you this right now. I'm just thinking out loud, but, um, I'll do like a little intro so that people know like how we're going to get started. And I think you already know this, but every 10th episode of my podcast, my idea is to interview people who are, um, not necessarily famous, you know, I don't know. You you could st- you still have some years ahead of you. It could be that, you know, <laughs> you're being interviewed by Oprah in just a few years. But um, people who are known by their friends and family members as being wonderful and just being like a good human around other humans. And I am I'm fascinated by um, kind of the goodness of people you know, and, and people who really are experienced by other people as like, if you say, oh, who's somebody I should talk to? And people are like, oh, my friend Sue, definitely you should talk to. So um, she's coming down on Friday. Oh, she is? Yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm really oh, good. Oh, she'll it'll be so nice to get. Yes. She's also a wonderful person. Oh, so maybe you should nominate her. her. I should. I can. Absolutely. Um. But I wanted to um, just tell you what Lisa said when she nominated you. Okay. Because um, it's, it's kind of nice. And then we'll jump right into uh, our, our, the first question. Okay. Okay. She wrote, Susan finds joy in her life and spreads it. She left a lucrative long career in marketing to pursue a degree in early childhood education, after which she taught art to children aged 2 to 12. Her lessons were amazing, drawing on all senses and all disciplines to make artistic expression a tool for intellectual and spiritual growth. She has used her superpowers, and they are indeed superpowers to care for and provide rich experiences for all who are lucky enough to make her acquaintance and inevitable friendship. Wow, Lisa! <laughs> she writes so beautifully as well. She does, and it's and it's yeah. very heartfelt. And so, my first two questions actually are, and you can answer them kind of in any way you'd like. What, well, it's one A is um, does that ring true to you? And sometimes in answering that question, uh, people come up against um, their reaction to praise which can sometimes yeah. be a little bit interesting. So yeah. do, like in an honest way, does that feel like, is that surprising to hear or does it ring true? And what is your reaction to, to getting praised, to being kind of honored um, that way? It feels a little uncomfortable, but it, my real reaction, I, you know, it's really nice. It, it makes me feel good. How can it not make me feel good? And she kind of hit, I mean, I'm amazed that she, brought up the part about, you know, that I, as I said to you, I was a graphic designer for, and then went into teaching um, that she, you know, thought of that as being a highlight of what she um, is praising me for. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's really nice. Yeah. So in, in general, are you pretty comfortable if people compliment you? I am, but everybody always, like someone will say, oh, that's a great dress. And it's like, oh, I've had it for a hundred years. <laughs> I always do that. You know, it's like, oh, it's, you know, really not. <laughs> so, and, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I, I mean, I never think my art is good enough. And, um, you know, um, my husband is like, it's beautiful. You shouldn't say that, you know, and, and all of that. So, um, 
you know, I'm my, I'm my biggest critic, which mm-hmm. a lot of people are. So, yeah. How do you respond to criticism from other people? Um, it, it hurt. I get hurt. Um, unless it's constructive, you know, criticism about like a piece of art or something like that. But, um, I, I do get hurt easily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you, um, are you motivated by getting, by getting praise? Uh, yes, because um, when I was, you know, teaching, you know, it was, um, that motivated me because the parents, they praised me all the time and, you know, other teachers and, you know, I always got great reviews and things like that. So it was, um, that did motivate me. It absolutely yeah. did. I just feel like being, you know, I've always said this, like I was raised Catholic, but I quickly got out of that um, <laughs> and be- began to recover. Um, but, um, because, and I always said, you know, I'm really not that religious, but I said, you know, I want to be a good person because it feels good to be a good person and be, do for others. Not because I'm, when I die, I'm going to go to this place in heaven because uh-huh. I really don't believe that, you know? So it's like, doing good while you're alive is the good stuff. I mean, that's the feelings that um, you got to do it now or, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And I get hurt easily if someone, you know, does something or lies to me or, you know, things like that, that really wounds me. Yeah. 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 Sometimes when, um, and sometimes when, I don't know, somebody's negativity toward you doesn't feel accurate either Mm -hmm. that can also be yeah yeah Yeah. can you um can you tell us a little bit about the art that you make Um, it's mainly um well it's acrylic painting is what I started with but I really Mm -hmm. veered towards collage oh cool so I'm doing a lot of collage work now and you know it's um it's therapeutic I mean I glue down these tiny little pieces of things and and then um I've been learning how to do um epoxy resin them uh which make do you you know what epoxy resin is can you say more about it It, it's uh yeah it's it's a so it's a it's a it's a resin with a hardener and you have to mix in equal proportions this clear liquid um and then you just basically pour it over the work and then use like a rubber spatula to smooth it out and smooth and keep smoothing and if you know, checking for bubbles. If you get a bubble, you hit it up with a heat gun. Um, and when it dries, it's like a piece of glass on top of the. Oh, the so then you're looking through the, yeah. through that. It does a lot of things because it, first of all, you know, collage, you really do need to protect because it's fabric and paper and things like that. Um, yep. So it protects it. Um, also, um I've been finding that I'll, between, I'll do like three or four layers of it and like float something, you know, on an, on a layer. So oh, cool. a layer of resin down or two, and then float some more pieces of the collage in different areas. So it's got the depth and you can actually see the shadow of the piece that I floated in it, which is. Oh, that sounds so cool. It's and really it, When you're doing it, are you, um, is it like abstract or are you kind of, is there like a. Well, I, I love abstract and I'm going to move towards that. But right now I've just been doing things that I've photographed down here, like a peacock and a blue heron. Um, and then I did a 
you know, underwater scene with a fish. And um, I'm going to do more of a landscape the next one. But I, you know, I will try to bring it into abstract too, because I think that'd be even more, because just see where it goes. Instead of trying to be rigid and follow, you know, the image, I think abstract would be more relaxing too. But yeah. I definitely go into the zone when I'm working. It's my, you know, glass of wine. And then I go into the garage. So I had to put an air conditioner in my garage window uh-huh. because it's hot down here. So. Yeah. And it's messy work. So mm-hmm. um, I go into the garage and um, glass of wine and start working and, and hours can go by and I won't even know it. Oh, that's fantastic. Actually, that leads into one of my other questions, which is, um, I mean, you you talked about caring for your husband. And um, so so this question might be a little bit more specific with you considering like what's going on in your life right now. But the question is, what are the things besides wine and art, which are both very important, (laughs) um, but like, do you have, what are the things that help you show up as the person who Lisa described and you recognize, um, like, do you have routines? Do you, um, like, are there things that you do to, that kind of keep you on an even keel? Well, I, was walking a lot um, until it started getting really hot down here, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, and I want to get up and do more, but I, when I was walking, I was walking for over an hour and I'm sometimes afraid to leave the house. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm working to get help in here. And, you know, if I can get up or if I could get my butt out of bed in the morning, you know, (laughs) that's hard. It really (laughs) isn't. It's, It's like, you know, when I get up, it's like, oh God, I have to do the same thing all over again. You know, I have to dress my husband and right. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and that's it's, physically exhausting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My back sometimes. Yeah. Um, so all, you know, doing that showering him, um, everything like that. So it's just like, right. why do I want to get out of bed? I'll just like, <laughs> he can stay in bed. He doesn't need to get dressed. Right. Right. I'll lay next to him, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. Um. So, what so you were walking a lot? Mm, I was walking like five or six miles a day, and I yeah. listen to I listen to Audible.com constantly. If I don't have a book lined up for the next one, I panic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I keep I keep the noise going to keep the noise mm-hmm. out of my head. Mm-hmm. To keep my own noise out of my head. I keep the noise going, the external noise, the input, that kind of input. And that is really, I mean, to go to sleep and everything, that's what I do. I just listen to book after book after book. Yeah. Sometimes when you're going through really rough times, having that override almost, you know know that if you get into what's going on, it's just going to be anxiety. Right. That sometimes that my therapist told me I should stop, you know, cause I think, oh God, you know, I know it's hot, but I should get out and walk. You should go to the pool. Like, you know, but then, you know, for us to go to the pool, it means me putting X bathing suit on and getting him in the pool is difficult. When we get home, I have to take his bathing suit off, right. rest right. him, cook dinner. So it's, um, so I always say I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But my therapist said, while you're going through this, no, you should, you should do exactly what you want to do. And if you don't want to go walking or you don't, you know, don't like beat yourself up about it. Is that, is that easy for you to not to 
Not really. That way. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like you but, kind of have a sense of like, oh, but I should be doing these other things. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. How, so how do you, um, how do you let yourself take in those wise words from your therapist? I just keep reminding myself when she said, you know, what she said yep. and it's okay. Um, and I'm doing so many other things, you know, I mean, trying to get, you know, financial stuff set so that. I can get help. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working with an attorney, my financial advisor. I mean, I was just on the phone with the paralegal and, you know, so we need five years worth of this document. And that. It's like, oh my God, it's one thing after the other. And the ice maker breaks. And yeah, I'm on hold with LG forever. And they were supposed to call me back and they didn't. I finally pulled out the manual, figured out what to do, fixed it myself. You know, I'm, yeah. Yeah, this is always, you know, if I order a piece of furniture or something, it's in, it comes unassembled, you know, it's, yeah, you know, caretaking is intense. Yeah, my, um, my mother had a stroke nine years ago, and we moved, she actually was in Florida, and we moved her up here and, and my husband helps a ton. And so do my kids, but I'm pretty much the, she lives in assisted living, but yeah. we have like routines now. And mm -hmm. But I know for like the first couple of years, <laughs> there was one day when I just absolutely lost it on the phone yeah. with Verizon. And I'm a pretty patient person. Yeah. And like I was yelling. I was yes. literally like, yeah. you know, because because there would be those days where it would be, you know, she'd have two appointments and I would have to get her in and out of the car yeah. and explain things for her. And, yes. you know, and, and also I think there's also that piece with, um, you know, when you're working with somebody who's older like that too, and going and just going through a decline yeah. where it's like, you also have that emotional piece of wanting to give right. them as much responsibility right. and um, independence as possible. And it's, it's long-term grieving. It, it is. It's really like, it, it is. And it's exhausting. And I think, um, I mean, I feel grateful actually to you, Sue, because it's, it's a really good reminder that like there are times when like maybe if you were crafting your ideal day mm -hmm. it would go a little bit different from yeah. what you are doing cool. now right yeah get and, on. And, and maybe that will be able to like ease back in once there you do have some help, care yeah right? but um but good good for you for being able to be like no like what I really need to do is maintain right now you right. know and right. Yeah. Right. So, so audible all the way. Yes. Um, are you listening to any, or have you listened to anything good recently? I love Kristen Hanna. Do you know her? Oh. She is terrific. And I just, um, well, she wrote this something, the four seasons, I think, which has been very popular. Um, let's see if I can find it on my phone. And once I read that book, it was like, oh my God, I got to read. So I've been like past four books, I think have been by her. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, let's see, let me go to audible books, audible in my library, library. So oops, it's not going to come up, but, oh, no, no, it's not that one. Um, the four wins by Kristen Hanna. I loved it. 
it's it's about it's very sad and it's about the um do they call it the dust bowl or something what uh-huh. happened in texas when everything just dried up and yep. you know the big growers and the family just couldn't survive you know it was and it was about their survival um back then his family and um really and that the parents they were italian because the parents father and mother came over from italy and started this beautiful farm and he it was like bounty was great and everything was wonderful and then this happened and every you know and he was like i am going to hang on to this land it's, you know land is you know and you, old italians you know i'm italian descent too uh-huh. so um i can so relate to that you know so great book so then once i read that it's like I've got four others. I just keep downloading her books now. Oh, that's great. Are they are they all the same characters or are they no no totally no, separate stories? Different stories, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. I know, I know that feeling you're talking about. Like I, I love when I'm in the middle of a good book oh, and yeah. I start like not reading it when I get close to the end. That's scary. And, and I also I have to finish it in the middle of the day because I, I just can't start books at night for some oh, reason. Sorry. I just can't. Yeah. I think I just can't focus. To oh, I know. But yeah. um, good. So you have a whole, so just, has she written a lot of books? So you have a whole yeah. backlog you can jump right. into? You know, and I'll often, when I find a book I like, or I'm looking at books <laughs> and I'm scrolling through um, Audible, I look at the, how many hours, you know, and I'll pick the one that's like 17 or 20 hours, you know. <laughs> so then you're all set for a while. And that's that right. Great. And then often, you know, I'll put the earbuds in if I wake up in the middle of the night and listen and then I have to go back five or six chapters in the yeah. next because I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've been there too definitely. Yeah. Um, what do you love most about the people who you love to be with? I enjoy, I love just engagement back and forth. Um, just good conversation. Um, sharing back and forth. Um, and just the fun atmosphere. I mean, it's funny because part of me with all that's going on is become like a bit bit of a recluse and that's the other thing I say you know I don't want to go I should be doing I should be doing but yeah I want to stay in my little bubble here and just make art and listen to books and drink wine (laughs) 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 um so but so it's like you know our friends just texted us we're at the pool are you coming and you know I have our our appointment today so I said no I can't make it today and I really didn't want to do it anyway um, but then once I do it, once friends come over and we're enjoying, I, I know it, it does me good. You know, it, it really, you know, pulls me out of my, um, my slump, you know, just the, um, but it takes an effort for me to do it. So just, you know, people, I'm like really looking forward to seeing Lisa because, you know, she's just someone I can completely let my hair down with. Yeah. Right. She knows. And she's like, I don't want you to do any work. I'm not coming to make you busy. We're just going to, you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So are, is there anything that, um, do you have pet peeves about other people? 
Like if you go to a, if you go to a, a gathering, or is there like qualities in people that would? Just oh my god! Yeah. Like if, <laughs> that don't shut up and keep talking about their kids and the colleges and this job that the kid has and this one's a lawyer and this one's a doctor and on and on and on it goes. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Yeah, um, sounds like that that back and forth is. Yeah. You know, where it's at, where it is actually a, a conversation. A conversation, a like monologue that. of listening to someone. Yeah, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Right. <laughs> Charlie Brown. Teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I hear you on that one too. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, how public is this going to be? Just anybody uh, listen to it. I won't. I mean, anybody could listen to it, but I mean, I, I don't have a ton of listeners at this point. I'll tell you. So. Well, I had a friend that I bought my unit from down here and um, she was my best friend. Well, not best friend, but she was a friend since third grade. And um, she hurt me recently because I, uh, when we moved down here, I realized that Eck could no longer ride his bicycle and it was a beautiful bicycle. Uh So I gave it to her, her partner. um, And I thought he would enjoy it. And um, ended up, she, you know, they sell everything. (laughs) They sold it. And it re and then when I confronted her about it, because I knew she lied to me and she lied to me twice and I can't forgive that. You know, I feel like the friendship's over now. It's just ruined. You know, how can I ever trust her? You know, if they, if the bike was too big for him, then um, give it back or ask me, Mm -hmm. you know, like, would you like it back? Cause I would like to get, have given it to someone who I knew would enjoy it. And, you know, I got it for, for his birthday and it was a carbon fiber, really, you know, nice bike, you know? Well, and especially when you're going through a time that involves so much loss, mm-hmm. you know, that it's there's true. like that piece of, yeah. 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 So, um, do you, how, I mean, this is interesting given your work with young kids, mm-hmm. um, how much do you think your kindergarten self would rec- would recognize themselves in you now? Re- like when they're doing something saying that Miss Sue showed well, me. Like, like would your kindergarten self be, uh, would you now be, this is not a very well phrased question. <laughs> would you be recognizable to your kindergarten self? Like or how, how closely do you in kindergarten oh, and you oh, now oh, like oh, map oh. onto each other? Yeah, well, I, I would be, I mean, I'm, I still connect with some families um, up in Massachusetts that, you know, I share birthday gifts and things like that with. Uh-huh. And I actually, you're not going to believe this, but I, I miss it so much. I love children. I love working with children. I love when they get it and they're excited. And, you know, it's just, I could have them in the art studio for over an hour and I'd have 10 at once and, you know, 10, four or five-year-olds. And they were totally engaged the entire time. Yeah. I'd show them videos. I told them about, taught them about Dale Chihuly, the glass blower, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that type of stuff. And we talked about, you know, the old masters and, you know, I'd show them a video and, you know, but it could bring it to their level. You know, it wasn't, it was age appropriate. Yeah. They understood. And they always wanted to know when I talk about the old masters, you know, is he still alive or she's still alive? <laughs> what, you know, placing it in the years and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They always wanted to know that. Um, so I think, you know, I think the kids, I, th- I feel like the kids 
do or will remember me in a lot of ways because um, we didn't just do, you know, I want you to draw this and draw. It was like, you do what you want. Right. This is the style we're looking at. This is the artists we're looking at. If you want to, you know, like they did Van Gogh and a few of them did Starry Night and the Sunflowers and, yeah, you know, we'd have art shows and raise money, you know, for causes. Um, but anyway, what you're not going to believe is I was flipping through indeed.com, you know, mm-hmm. the job engine. Yep. Um, and there was a, re- a remote position. And I don't know how this is going to work to do art for Bright Horizons. Really? And I'm like, oh my God. You know, I've worked for them for over 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's my job. That was my, so I, I thought I'm just going to shoot him a resume, see what happens. So I have an interview tomorrow. Wow. I'm so, so, like, I don't have enough, right? (laughs) That's so interesting. Is it partly that they've kind of realized that this kind of interaction, you know, because you and I are on Zoom right now, it won't be for the podcast, but um, like that kind of, it works. I have no idea until I have the interview because it's, you know, I I, I can't imagine. Oh, that's fascinating. It really is. Um. I'm sorry I got rid of all my, when I moved down here, I got rid of most, I had such a huge library of children's books Mm -hmm. about art and the artists. And I donated them to the last school I worked for. Mm -hmm. Um, So in some ways, I'm so sorry because I always let off a lesson with a story, Yep. you know, um, and then we get into it. So, but I guess I can just go on Amazon and buy more books. Did you always love art? Like, yeah, um, yeah, I did. Yep. And I remember taking classes as a teenager and in junior high and even in, um, God, I'll never forget this. Um, in grammar school, it was autumn, and, you know, inspired by the autumn colors. And I remember we were given this sheet of paper that was blue gray. It was just the most beautiful color I'll never forget that color it was like a sky that might get stormy or it's getting cold or Uh darker and we were blowing the watercolor through a straw and doing trees so you'd put the brown paint down and then you'd blow the branches Uh the trees and put and that I know I was very young and I'll I'll always remember that Um, and then I took classes at De Cordova oh yeah yeah quite a few classes there. And then I took classes at the Worcester Art Museum and um, and I was a graphic designer. So I, I got, my degree was in graphic design. So, mm-hmm. cause I had to put it art to use to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> Smart choice. So, uh, yeah. so then um, what happened? Oh, um, so Obama got elected and my husband and I, we were canvassers. We'd go knocking door to doors and I'd make phone mm-hmm. calls and all that and I was just so inspired when he got elected you know and I thought the only way we can build a non-biased world is to start from the bottom up and we have to teach these children you know and and try to do that and I you know here I am working for semiconductor companies and you know doing graphics about semiconductors and you know and it was a great job I mean I made great money but I was like I'm gonna go back to school get a degree in early childhood education and see if I can apply my art to that. So, um, so that's what happened there. <laughs> and you really loved that work. I yeah. loved it. I love those kids. You know, uh, it was just awesome. 
And did you, and it sound, I think you said you had a studio. So, so well, like our, the center it, had like an actual. Right. Room was, was very much geared towards having an art studio. So it that had a, is had cool. A, it was great. I had a great space to work in and, you know, I'd have little centers set up. Like if the kids were done with the project we were doing and wanted to do something different, I'd have a table for beading. They could do beading with pipe cleaners and uh -huh. uh, an area with blocks. So they could do, you know, construction and different things like that. So they could move around the room and, and do what they'd want to do. And, um, and then I never had behavior problems. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they were just great. You know, they loved it. They loved going to art, you know, and I'd go to their classroom and pick them up. Mm -hmm and stand at the door and call the children that were, you know, on my list. They were probably so excited. Well, they were. We did Yellow Submarine once where we actually built a submarine. Um, this, my husband helped me so much back then. We went to um, Home Depot and got, you know, those cement forms, the circular, that mm -hmm. you yep. cardboard kind of thing. And we covered it all with yellow paper and glued yellow paper and made a big yellow submarine Oh, how cool. And, um, the music teacher, he got into it too. So he, we would, uh, we did this whole project where the little toilet paper rolls, we'd make little sub yellow submarines. And he's saying, you know, we all live in a yellow submarine. But when I'd go to pick them up for class, I'd say, and my friends are all on board. It's Joni oh, nice. B here. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, go through the attendance of all their names. Yeah. We'd walk to the art studio all singing, We All Live in a Yellow Submarine. Oh, it's so perfect. It was great. Yeah. yeah so I miss it terribly. Oh, I had to work, yeah. You know. And yeah. did you did you leave that because be, to move to make this move? Yeah. yeah could, so that's a big loss too. Another loss. Yeah. yeah. Well, True. that's, I mean, I, I would love for you to follow up with me and let me know what happens with this, like, Review. remote okay. sure. position. Yeah. Cause it's that's all out. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My background is actually in early childhood too. Really? Yeah. Really? yeah. And um, I worked, I've worked at a bunch of like preschools and daycare centers and the idea of having a separate art room yeah. is just like, do you know what I mean? Because I love doing big, messy projects with kids, right, exactly. like right next to the nap mats and the, you know, so yeah. that sounds like such a perfect setup. Right. It really was. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Yeah, they, they, there's a lot of good stuff about Bright Horizons. Then I also worked um, in Lancaster, Mass at the Perkins mm -hmm. Child Development Center. Oh, yeah. And um, there I did not have an art studio. So I had a cart. Uh -huh. that I, and now, <laughs> That could get tough, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the chaos factor with kids is, it just goes through the roof so quickly. Yes. You know, so like that idea of having a contained room and like, right. these are your three choices. And, right. and I could have the room set up before they arrived. Right. You know, right. Out there for them on the, you know, I'd set up three different tables for them and oh, so that was wonderful. really nice. I hope you're able to have some of that in your life again because like you can just I can feel the I don't know the excitement yeah. and like the tenderness about it too yeah. and yeah. yeah and you really are changing the world you know like yeah and what's interesting is when you were talking about your experience and how you remembered like the color the blue paper the blue and paper. the and I'm sure kids had experiences like that with you 
right? Well, or like it was the first time they Probably, yes, because yeah. it just, yeah, I know that they, I found a Dale Chihuly YouTube um, and we had a smart board uh-huh. so could put the video up and it ha- was set to the most incredibly cool music. And he comes on and he says, you take fire and sand and you make glass, you know, with this patch <laughs> on his eye. And, um, and then it just shows it all, you know, sets the music and, you know, all his assistants and everybody. And they'd say to me, play it again, play it again. They had to play it over and over for them. They just loved watching it, you know? Yeah. And, and to expose kids to something like that. I mean, watching Bugs Bunny is fun too, over and over again, but Right. but something like that and he yeah. and I get to say he is still alive this artist yeah um have do you know the show that's on Netflix called blown away blown away. blown away it's a um it's kind of like have you ever watched the great British baking show oh yeah well it's kind of like that but it's glass blowing Oh, definitely. Yeah, you might really like it. It's a, yeah. it's like a team of, or a group of people and they're all, they all have experience blowing glass and they're given some kind of challenge and then one of them gets, yeah. vo- you know, voted off each, each week. Right. But right. Um, yeah, oh, but if you definitely. have that like visceral connection to, cause you've mentioned Dale Chihuly a couple of times. So I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. And we made, um, you know, obviously I couldn't have the kids blowing glass. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be quite an art studio. Yeah, yeah, really. But I had, we saved, um, you know, plastic water bottles and plastic clear plates and plastic cups and the kids um, colored on them with Sharpies, you know, uh-huh. did all this stuff. and then uh, they would watch me. I'd have a heat gun and they'd watch me melt them all down into different things. We'd make flowers and melt these things down. Yeah. And then we did a Chihuly chandelier. So we strung. Oh, so cool. It was in the, yeah, it was in the main entrance. You know, we hung it in the main entrance. We strung all these things together and with pa- pipe cleaners. Uh-huh. The kids could be involved in that because the stuff had cooled off by then. Yeah. It was all good. And then I took little fairy lights and wove it through. So <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. Really? That's really cool stuff. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's just great. You know, I would have worked for free. I practically did. <laughs> I pay for all yeah, my materials a lot, you know. You know, it's like I can't be bothered putting, you know, waiting for them to order the stuff I want. I'm just gonna go on Amazon. I've been inspired by something. Just, yeah. You know, so. yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a real like labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So in addition to um being an, an artist yourself, being amazing with kids, um, being just a wonderful person to be around. And I can feel that already just from having this conversation with you. What are two other things that you are um, really good at? Um, listening. I was gonna say besides drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> martinis. Okay, <I'll> make it, <laughs> making martinis. <laughs> Maybe you should be a bartender if you're good at listening and making bar- martinis. <laughs> I, I, I like to listen. I feel like I really try my hardest to be empathetic, mm-hmm. understand what people are going through. And, you know, cause I appreciate that in people that are empathetic towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, so listening and yeah, being a good friend, just being a loyal friend and, um, you know, giving, I have this young woman that's coming in twice a week now and I'm trying to get her paid through, you know, other, like through government assistance. Yep. Um, 
and she's been with us almost a year and she's practically part of our family now. And, you know, I love giving to her. Like I gave her my bicycle because I figured it's too, too, it's too high tech for me down here. Now I'm too old. I just want to, you know, an old retro bike, which, uh-huh. you know, but you know, I, I, I love to give. Um, and whenever this, I mean, I guess that's why I got so upset with this uh, friend of mine because everything's monetary. I mean, it's like everything's for sale and I just don't, I like to give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, and if, if someone's going to really enjoy it and love it, you know, and, you know, she came over on Mother's Day yesterday with her boyfriend and um, brought flowers. And then my stepdaughter, Eckhard's daughter, hooked up with her. She instant met, did instant messaging on Facebook and said, can I Venmo you some money? And would you buy a beautiful bunch of flowers and a bottle of wine and bring it to Sue and Eck, you know, um, on Mother's Day, which I thought was really, really nice, you yeah, know, and she did, very sweet. you know, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I like to cook, but lately it's been become a chore, mm-hmm. and I, I told Eck, I'm not going to cook for a while, I'm going to go to Mel's Diner, pick up one entree, because it's enough for two, uh-huh. a couple of bowls of soup, and it's like, you know, $15 for dinner. And it's like, why should I cook? Right. No dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? You know, I used to enjoy it a lot, but now it's just, the, yeah. I'm too tired. I get too tired at night. It's like, I don't want to do the dishes now. Right. Right. And when it's a joy again, you yeah, know, you could start doing yeah. it again. But it seems like another great place where you're taking good care of yourself because you're caring for somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Is there anything that you stink at? <laughs> oh my goodness. Sports. Singing. I would love to be able to sing. I love uh-huh. music. And I sing at home all the time when I put the music on, but not in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably sport. sound pretty good when you're alone though. <laughs> to me, I sound great. <laughs> along with, you know, along with Tom Petty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and I'm terrible at sport. Um, never been good at sport at all. Really stink at it. Um, yeah, but I can walk. I can swim. Uh huh. So, um, but yeah, no one. I was always the last person chosen on a team in school. You know, when you choose to. <laughs> I know that pain. Also, those like awful <laughs> dodgeball, kickball team picking. Yeah. yeah, I'll just slink to the back because I know that's where that's where I'm going to be. Right. Um, is there anything that you would love to learn to do that you've never done before? Pottery. Oh, having a wheel. Could you have that in your garage? Probably could try. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Well, I hope that you saying it, uh, you know, just brought it to my head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of silly questions to kind of end our conversation, even though I'm sad, I don't want to get off the, it's been fun. I almost feel like it's a therapy session. Okay. Well maybe, and um, maybe I'll come down and have some dinner with you guys from Mel. That's right. I don't really feel like cooking tonight either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how do you feel about toast? (laughs) it's a pain in the ass okay (laughs) 
Yeah, I have to get the toaster out. Oh, it's not just out on the counter. I, know, I don't like clutter. Okay. So, and I don't have a big space either. It's mm-hmm. small. And then the crumbs, you know, build up. On oh the yeah. The toaster out. And it's like, you know, I, I love dipping a piece of toast in, um, in a runny egg. It tastes good. I even down here, I, it's like, I'm too lazy to get the toaster out. So I was putting the bread under the broiler for my husband. That is brilliant. You know, I do have a broiler. It's like, isn't that just a That's really what a toaster is. It's just yeah. it's very right. tiny little heating right. elements. So, so brilliant. Um, but yeah, I find it, if I can avoid having to make it, I don't make it. Okay, but you like you like eating it? I do like eating it. Okay. If someone else makes it for me, it's fine, yeah. How do you react when the phone rings? Ugh. <laughs> just one, just... Like that. That's how I react. No, <laughs> and I get like you know the attorney calling. They was they were going to come and fix the ice maker in my refrigerator and all. It's all and in our our meeting and everything was converging. You know, and uh-huh. the text would come through, even just text. You know, and that was our friends. Are you coming to the pool? And it's like no, I'm not coming. No, I yeah, stressed. I feel stressed when the phone rings. Okay, I. Mm, hear you on that one too. I don't, I, I don't know anybody right now who likes to talk on the, like sometimes if a friend connects with me or sometimes if I'm out on a walk, I will call somebody. And then sometimes I stay, I walk like for an extra half hour because I'm having such a good conversation, but when it's not like when it's the ping coming in, I'm always like, no, 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 thank you. If I don't recognize the number, I don't pick it up. The one thing I will say is I, I have two sisters and we can get on the phone, especially my sister, Gail, and we can't hang up. We keep trying to hang up and there's like, yeah, oh, right. I forgot to tell you this or this. And we'll hang up after we hang up. And I look, it's like, we've been on for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Just one more thing. Just, oh, yeah. just, just this, yeah. one. this is the last thing. Right. If I promise I'll shut <laughs> up. Well, then I get a last thing too. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee. Oh, that was very clear. Very clear. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> is there a brand, a special brand that you like? Or no, it- I always order just coffee ice cream. Yeah. I Excellent. love it. <laughs> it is delicious. I feel yeah. like that was my like gateway drug for coffee. Yeah. Like probably. at first it was, I mean, cause I thought coffee was so gross, even in like my early twenties, but it was coffee ice cream, then like iced coffee with a lot of cream in it and a little bit of sugar at Dunkin' Donuts. My coffee now is half cream. It's, I put a little <laughs> coffee in my cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, are you good at building fires? No. Okay. So you don't have any tips for the listeners about how to build a good fire? Not at all. <laughs> None whatsoever. Uh, the, the extent of my building fires was when I lived in Massachusetts and I used the remote control put on the gas logs okay well that is a very efficient efficient way to get the fire started and the thing is I don't like a fireplace in my house because when I was pregnant we had a wood-burning stove and the next morning the smell oh and that smell to this day makes me nauseous because mm-hmm. it would make me nauseous so <laughs> oh that's awesome okay this is um this is the last question Oh, but it's one a, more thing. Oh, oh, but one more thing. That's right. This is my last question. And then you might have a lot uh, of question for me too. Um, okay. It's kind of a strange one. I have to tell you. 
Would you rather have a weekend getaway to a tree house or an ice house? Hmm. It would be just you. You would have like a, a you could. I've always been intrigued by those ice houses. They're so beautiful. Well, they're like glass, right? Yeah. And the way they light it and the bar and they make the martini glasses out of <laughs> right? So it's always cold. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think I'd prefer an ice house and I don't think there'd be any bugs in an ice house. Oh, these are very good points. Also, there's, it's probably a very good place to store your coffee ice cream. That's right. You know, it's not going to melt. Treehouse, you don't even know if they have a fridge. I've seen them on TV and they're like, they always fascinating me. So I would, I would give that a go because I don't think people freeze. I think they put you on furs to sleep and, you know. Yeah. And I think actually maybe it stays kind of warm on the inside like they must have some system that makes it yeah because people don't look like they're not enjoying themselves from the cold when I see them in the ice right the ice bar drinking an ice martini so Sue if I if I you know talk to you again in a couple of years or I check in with Lisa I want to hear that like you have a, a trip booked to uh an ice hotel well, I just took a load that, of pots out of your kitchen person to do that with wouldn't oh. she yeah, I think, so I think you might want to make a plan while she's down with you this yeah, yeah. next week. Yeah, that's she's excellent. so adventurous and she's so good at sport and all this stuff, which I suck at. And she's like always doing pedaling class or oh my gosh, I know I I um I teach hot yoga the hot yoga classes yeah. that she takes. And she'd come in like in her bike helmet and she had bike like but most people can barely walk right. after she, they she, teach that class. From Walden Pond swimming before yeah. that. <laughs> Very cool. Um <laughs> Is there anything like now that you're all warmed up, is there anything like that you have uh, experienced or heard of, or, you know, that you think people should know about? Uh, That's one question. If anything, you're just like, oh yeah, I saw this thing the other day and everybody should know about this. Um, And the other thing is, is there anywhere where people can see your art? Like, do you have a website or anything like that? I I do, but it's not pretty yet. I'm having someone try to help me with the online stuff but it is it's it's sue sue makes art.com that's awesome okay i can't wait i'm gonna look it up right after we talk yeah so that that's i've been trying to do that i was thinking of trying to get into a gallery down here um i don't know if i'll be accepted because this place is just full of artists i mean yeah but it also means that like it's full of it's i'm sure it's full of galleries and it is always looking for people and yeah um, something people should know, like that would be of interest to them or something that people should know to help another person. Your choice. Okay. Because I would like to say, you know, when like women are public places or someplace and, you know, Eck is doing, could be doing something a little weird. He has trouble eating and uh-huh. stuff. But if I'll turn to them and say, you know, my husband has Alzheimer's. So they'll immediately say, oh, my mother, my uncle, I know what you're going through. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know, you just, you know, it's not, you know, if it's your husband, it's a whole different animal. Um, Right. You know, if you're, you know, not you with your mother, because you were the initial caregiver for your own mom, but people. People that say my uncle, my grandfather, my this or that, that they didn't care for, you know, but I, I know what you're, I, it's like, 
I hate to hear that. So I think people should know that when uh, someone. That's a really interesting point because I think sometimes people say that, say they say something out of their own discomfort. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think, um, I mean, you clearly are such an empathetic person and yet there are the, and there are those moments where you're like pushed to your edge. Yeah. And it kind of, um, what's the word? I, I'm for some reason the word downplay, like it downplays what you're yeah. actually going through. Right. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or it makes it yeah, not. It does. it does, you know, or yeah. my grandfather died from it, you know, saying that to <sighs> me. <laughs> I needed to hear that, you know? <laughs> right. I remember one time seeing when my kid, you know, I'd spent a lot of time with kids as an early childhood teacher. And then I think this was before I had kids. I saw a mom on a street corner and her kid, she had like a two or three-year-old who's having an absolute meltdown tantrum. And I could, I knew that she felt judged by everybody around her. And I was like, we should, I should have just a little card I could give her that would just say, I know you're doing a great job. Don't worry. You're going to get through this. And And I feel like in a way it would be so nice if we had those kinds of things to say to each other right. you know what I mean and it's no, it's I very hard to yeah. uh, I mean I think it's it's you'll it's get hard. Yeah, you'll get through this you'll you know it, it's you know it's gonna just just breathe through it it's like labor right. <laughs> right and maybe it actually circles around to what you were saying about what you really like about other people and also what kind of drives you crazy yeah about yeah. like you know people who that just that sense of somebody even just reaching out and saying, like, I'm just sending you good thoughts, you right. know, right. or right. like, I hope you have a good rest of your day or, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. I think there's that thing where people kind of want to, I mean, maybe I'm doing it right now. People want to like put their own experience, you right. know what I mean? Like they yeah. immediately start talking about themselves or yeah. Well, and, and I really appreciate I think it. You say, oh, I understand. And you know, hang in there, you know, just, just that. Right. Or, yeah. or even like, can I get you anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's all those moments you know, where you're kind of like physically stuck with somebody and you can't, you know, right. you need to take a trip to the bathroom. I could sit and chat with them for yeah. a minute. Or... That's true. That's yeah. very true. That's, and that, and that happens sometimes, you know, at the pool and even, you know, it has a, it affects him. It's visual, visual, spatial thing that uh-huh. really hard for him to like when he holds the railing to climb down the steps to the pool, he gets moves further and further away from it. And then he's, so there's a bunch of people there at the pool that all know and understand, and they all jump up and, you know, they, and it's like, if he's means to get out of the pool, they're right there helping me with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so that's good with that. We're in this little community. I think that um, people understand and, you know, our friends. So. Right. And they probably have a certain amount of comfort with the situation. And exactly. But I think that's actually, I love that you said that because I think it's, um, I don't know, I guess we could all give each other just a little bit more tenderness. Yes. A little bit less like trying to kind of almost just skate by the situation. And yeah. Yeah. Well, Sue, it's been great to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you Um, very much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. 
I wanted to let you know that there are show notes now available on my website. There are a few options for how to get show notes out there. And what I've decided to do is just have a section of my website, ellenolsonbrown.com. It's the sun in my face section, and you will see eventually show notes for all three seasons. I'm just getting this going, so there will be show notes for this episode. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, I will get up show notes for past episodes just in case you're interested in finding out more or remembering, you know, oh, you talked about some sweet potato recipe four weeks ago and now I want to find it again. So that's where you'll be able to find that stuff. Also, two more things that you will find on my website. One is the nomination form in case you would like to nominate yourself or another person uh, to be a shiny person for me to interview in season four or five or six or beyond. Let's see how long we can keep this party going. There's also a place on my website that's a newsletter sign up. I send out a newsletter. It's called A Friendly Hello. Not very often, but often enough, it's kind of where I keep people notified about classes I'm teaching, things I'm thinking about, uh, opportunities, ideas, all of those kinds of things, always with a kind of uh, optimistic slant to them. So if you'd like to receive that newsletter, uh, I would love to send it to you and you can sign up for that also at ellenolsonbrown.com. And the final thing that I just want to say is this has been a great experiment starting these interviews, Um, but taking an idea from germ of an idea to something that actually is um, out there and like a product that you are proud of. And by product, I don't mean something for people to buy, but just, you know, a, a creative item that is out there for people to connect with and enjoy um, is often more complicated than you think it is going to be. And I had a couple of moments along the way of being frustrated with myself, with the process, um, thinking like, oh, I didn't think through how this part was going to work. Oh, yeah, people will need time to um, nominate people, people will need time to respond when they have been nominated, like all of those kinds of things. And I always think about some of the things I've learned from a wonderful person called Seth Godin, who is um, somebody who thinks a lot about creativity and marketing and generosity. And one of the things that he feels very strongly about, and I've really come to agree with him about, is the importance of practice, of showing up and making things, um, and not requiring that the things be perfect or excellent, that there's something about just the process of showing up and giving things a try that is going to yield results over time. And then another thing that he really talks a lot about is shipping. And that's the idea that you get your ideas out there and that that is a form of generosity, that it's not a form of narcissism. It's not a form of like trying to force people to listen to what you have to say. I will tell you that almost always, if you put some piece of yourself out there, whether it is a piece of artwork, something that you've cooked, a podcast, a piece of writing, a picture that you've taken, um, you know, a, a 
anything that you can put out there, it is going to resonate with somebody. And it also just might be exactly what that person needed to see or hear or experience that day. That's just the way it works. I see it all the time with other people. I see it all the time with the things that I create. And so um, there's a part of me that wants to make excuses and say, oh, I meant to do five interviews this past season. I only did three and I promise I'm going to do five next time. And But that's not really the point, right? The point is to show up as best you can. And the point is to ship, be generous, get things out there and continue to learn and continue to feel a sense of generative, generous joy in your own life. So that's the point. I feel really good about season three. I hope you have enjoyed it. I'll be back in about a week for season four. Um, Love to hear your feedback, how things have hit you in this episode. You can find my email, uh, connect with me through my website, which I feel like I've been talking a lot about, but that's the way it goes. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.